The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast where your shortcut to being informed. Our weekday podcast is brought to you by ComBank. This year, more than ever, we recognise the work of our educators. Nominations for the Commonwealth Bank Teaching Awards are now open. Head to teachingawards.com.au to nominate a great educator today. Good morning, I'm Claire Kimball. And I'm Kate Watson. It's Thursday, the 1st of October. In your squiz today, a wild first presidential debate, building our manufacturing sector, New Zealand ponders a name change, and Vale Helen Reddy. This is your squiz today. The first presidential debate of the election happened yesterday, Claire. It's been described as many things. The phrase shambles has been used totally incomprehensible, wildly out of control and incoherent. You get the gist. My favourite was probably a hot mess inside a dumpster fire, inside a train wreck. It really was a shocking affair. Pretty much every side of politics and all of the media that was covering it yesterday came to the conclusion that it was a fairly unedifying affair. What did stick, though, was probably one line from each of the candidates for US President Donald Trump. It was that he'd done more in 47 months than Joe Biden had done in politics in 47 years. And for Joe Biden, the Democratic candidate, he said that under Trump's presidency, we've become weaker, sicker, poorer, more divided and more violent. Much talk also about Trump's comments directed at the far-right anti-immigration group called the Proud Boys. That really has been something that's been picked up quite strongly in the coverage as we look at it this morning. What that was about was the moderator who really struggled to get control of the debate at any point yesterday uh, asked Donald Trump to denounce white supremacy. He said sure, but when challenged by Biden uh, about a group called the Proud Boys, he told them to stand back and stand by. That's outrage critics. No one's really sure what he meant about that. But the Trump campaign of a night has been very strong to say that he absolutely denounces white supremacy. Round two takes place on the 15th of October in Miami. It'll be town hall style with both candidates taking questions from undecided voters. To the plight of Australian journalist Cheng Lei, who's been detained in China, Claire, consular officials have been given access to speak with her for just the second time, the last being in mid-August. She's being held under what's called residential surveillance at a designated location and what that means is that Chinese officials can hold her for six months without giving her access to her lawyers, family or diplomatic assistance. She's been visited by the Department of Foreign Affairs uh, when they first learned that she had been detained. That was in mid-August. This is the second visit. It happened earlier this week uh, that they've been granted with her and they didn't make any further comment citing the request for privacy. That residential surveillance is an arrangement that human rights campaigners have long rallied against. Reports this morning the Prime Minister Scott Morrison will today announce a $1.5 billion plan to build global scale in parts of our manufacturing sector. 
He is at the National Press Club today. If you've got a bit of spare time over lunch, you might tune in on ABC 12.30pm. What has been dropped out to media this morning is a focus on this manufacturing plan. As you say, it's $1.5 billion. The idea is to create about 80,000 direct jobs and 300,000 indirect jobs. And there's a focus on building what's called our sovereign capability. You might remember at the start of the coronavirus crisis, there was a lot of discussion about Australian manufacturing being unable to pivot quickly to make things like masks and personal protective equipment. So there's definitely an idea in the back of minds that we need to be able to make more things. The opposition has already come out criticising the plan, saying that many manufacturers have folded since the coalition came to office in 2013 and this is too little, too late. As you said, he'll talk about that and more ahead of next week's budget in a speech to the National Press Club today. October 17 is the date that New Zealanders will head to the polls. One of the election issues that surfaced, Claire, is a campaign to change the name of the country. It's something that's been bubbling along in the back and this has been really captured last week by the Maori Party who say that they would make an official change uh, to the New Zealand name to call it Aotearoa and what that means is long white cloud. So that pushes on also with uh, this week a couple of big corporate players, uh, Vodafone being one of them, changing their name to Aotearoa uh, as well. So it seems to be a bit of interest in it. As far as the incumbent goes, Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern hasn't committed either way as yet. Timothy Ray Brown was the first patient ever to be cured of HIV. Claire, he's died of cancer. He was diagnosed with HIV when he was living in Berlin in 1995 and then in 2007 he developed a blood cancer called acute myeloid leukaemia. That treatment for the leukaemia was a bone marrow transplant and that actually cured his HIV because he was given bone marrow from a donor who was naturally resistant to it. It's a development that really fascinated a generation of HIV researchers and his partner said that Uh, While his leukaemia had relapsed, uh, he had dedicated his life to really promoting that cure and giving other HIV sufferers hope. The International AIDS Society said that they owe Timothy a great deal of gratitude for opening the door for scientists to explore the concept that a cure for HIV is possible. Squeeze Shortcuts this week is all about Thailand. You and Larissa have tackled this one, Claire, and gee whiz, their king is an interesting fellow. <laughs> he really is. Uh, you only have to Google his name and click on images and you'll find all sorts of <laughs> quite out there references to him. Mm. Uh, but also the situation in Thailand is that he's immune uh, to criticism and that really has set uh, a lot of movement at the moment from Thailanders, particularly young Thailanders, to try and reform the country. And there's some protests around that at the moment. Yeah, give that one a listen to get across how that monarchy is protected and just how risky it is to demonstrate about the way the country is governed. 
The email subject line, Claire, has to be a lyric of Helen Reddy's. She died yesterday, age 78. Yes, I've gone for I am strong, I am invincible. There were plenty of tributes to Helen Reddy yesterday. She died in Los Angeles at 78 years old. She had been diagnosed with dementia some years ago and hadn't really had uh, much time in the public spotlight in recent years. But there was plenty of reminiscing about her achievements yesterday. She was the first Australian to have a top hit in the US. Uh, That was with I Don't Know How to Love Him, the Andrew Lloyd Webber song. Uh, And then she co-wrote I Am Woman, which made her an international star and really gave the feminist movement an anthem. Delta Dawn as well. She had a number of hits. She was a big deal in the 70s. And had a really successful acting career. She was nominated for a Golden Globe, which I didn't know about. Airport 1975. Yeah, that was the movie. Yeah. That's right. That's all from us today. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in to the Squeeze Today podcast. Find the latest episode of Shortcuts in your episode notes, your podcast app, or up on our website, thesqueeze.com.au. Enjoy your Thursday, and we'll be back tomorrow. The Squeeze is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesqueeze.com.au. Quick message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic Dam copper mine. It's happening now at BHP.